Right, welcome, welcome to the most organised podcast in the world. Chris knew about this eight minutes in advance. Yeah, thanks um, for the invite, mate. Fucking Andy fired the banter around 24-7, so, you know, we've been, I feel this has been anticipated, this one, actually. This might be our most anticipated one, because it's been our most, like, you know, put out there. What do you think? No? I'll, Andy, I'll let Andy mention that. I'll let Andy talk. I'm an update. Nobody knows who I am, so it's all good. We'll just, just get on with it. It's, so it's just, we're... So what we're saying is we're starting off with a real talk. We're just three lads. No one knows who we are, and we're just going to bounce around some ideas on fitness. Absolutely, I think that's. I think it's probably one of the best things. That, probably one of the most fun things about the fitness industry, especially with like getting onto like we were obviously we met each other at Level Up about a month ago. Yeah. Um, kind of finding people with sort of similar mentalities, kind of understanding that you know we've all we're all in the same boat. We're all here to help each other. I think. Um, I think the fitness industry, I, I, I'm proper old school. Like I've been doing this for 22 years now. When I first started doing it, it was very much, this is my kingdom. I don't want to help anybody. I don't want to, I don't want anybody sort of encroaching on my time. But nowadays it's pretty much, if, if I can give somebody a hand up, whether or not they are competition, whether or not they are doing the same things I'm doing, happy days, you know, that's, we're all in the same boat. We're all here. We're all here to learn, you know, and that's how life should be. Without a doubt, without a doubt. So when we look at this, because I know one of the main reasons why I brought you on, I should actually fully introduce you. This is Andy, by the way. And like Andy says, we met at Level Up and uh, basically he's a part of uh, ESG's team. Yep. So delivers on behalf of their program. But like you said, like been a coach 20 odd years. And we obviously had a great rapport. I like to think we did, you know, up in Scotland, we had a good bit of banter, didn't we? Flying backwards and forwards. And it was, actually, it was seeing your your real talk poster. I was like, right, we've got we've got to outright do a real talk podcast. So on this, have you got a a real talk statement that we can that we can dig into? What 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 might spring to your mind? That's kind of like, yeah, that that could be a good discussion. Um, no pressure. Think, well, <laughs> one of one of the ones I always talk about is the fact that I think if you when people are trying to make the broach that. The sort of the bridge in towards the fitness industry. I think they look at it as a very narcissistic kind of ego-driven, vain um, industry. And in actual fact, once you kind of delve a little bit deeper, it's probably one of the most supportive communities that you'll actually come across. And I think things like you know, like obviously working with other coaches and like sort of bouncing off other coaches, but also like you, you guys will do lots of different stuff with like your online, etc. And the communities that you build with your own co- clients, etc., is like it's unbelievable, right? So the community aspect of stuff is um, is very is, is, is massive. And yeah, there are a lot of knobs in the industry, but to be honest, we don't fucking like them either. So there's knobs in every job, isn't there, Andy? You know? <laughs> Oh, I, I, absolutely. You can, unfortunately, you can't get away from them, or you can, but sometimes that ends up with a criminal record. But if you work for yourself, it doesn't matter. No, 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 no. You just keep going, don't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Do you know, I mean, one of those things that you say about the industry as well, which was actually recognised up at that event in Scotland, was actually the should we say like the the vulnerability or also like the the lack of confidence in a lot of coaches is in like the reason why. A lot of us are in the industry. I can hold my hands up. You know, my my place in the industry has come from my own insecurities and my own, um, you know, lack of health and and shape. And I think there's there's a lot of us. I know Chris, you can speak on behalf of part of your journey as well. You know, Andy, I don't know if you were out of shape or anything to some degree. You know, back in the day, but that room when they said, you know, uh, re- re- what was it? S- sit down. I think Amelia kept getting it wrong, and she said, sit down if you've ever had, um, you know, if you've ever had. What was it like, uh, you know, you've ever felt that you've had to look a certain way or something like that? And there was relevant questions that were asked to a room full of coaches and not one person remained standing. Yeah, I think and it's, it, I think it's, Matt, I think it's, um, I think a lot of people um, within the industry are, um, have a lot of insecurities. And it's at times, sometimes that's the best people that you can work with to be able to, a, understand the insecurities, but also be able to be understood by a coach who you know has been in that same boat at some point. Um, my so in my journey, probably not really so much insecurities, but more kind of, I was a professional footballer, got injured, and mine was more about the transition to doing something that I love doing. Um, like, I've always enjoyed 
I've always enjoyed staying fit. I've always enjoyed being strong. Um, and um, that was probably the thing I kind of had. Not, I've never, I've never had an alcohol problem, but I'm Tito over 22 years. I kind of had that kind of, you know, that three month spell where you just go fucking tonto. And I was wor- worrying about where I was going at night rather than where I was supposed to be studying at college. And I just got to that point. I was like, do you know what? This is shit. I feel crap. I look like shit. Like, I just need to, I need to pull my finger out. Andy, um, I, I don't know what you mean about that in terms of like, you know, like drinking and going out partying and stuff. Like I never did. Chris knows all about it, to be fair, don't you, Chris? But I'm... <laughs> I fucking, great, I'm... fucking great time it was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't do it anymore. Can't do it anymore. But yeah. I don't think we can relate to this as like three months. I think we can relate to this as like a year, maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. But but I tell you Maybe. what, I don't, I'll back up what you say, Andy, in terms of like it leaves you feeling like crap. And I know we spoke about this as well. Like I said, like I don't drink massively anymore. And we've actually touched this on other podcasts because Chris kindly chirps up and says, "Not until you're in Mercia, where we go, you know, over to Spain every year like that." Or have done, uh, but I'm here for a few years, and it's like when we're there like that, we we do seem to drink, don't we? But it's that the only place that I will. And I was actually saying to another friend this week, I was like. I had uh, two drinks on Friday night. I woke up on Saturday with a headache. That shows how little I, I, I drink I, and how much my body's not used to it. Mate, I, I, don't, I don't think now. Now, last time we went to Spain was, what, four years ago? Pre-COVID, right? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think we'd do that now. I just don't because... We're more mature, right? I mean, yeah, we've done some growing up, mate. We're, we're, we're now fitness coaches, like, as a team. Like, yeah, so we've got to <laughs> No, right. but like generally, like I, I, I had a mate come up uh, on Saturday who's who's also in the fitness industry, and 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 previously we, you know, we'd been to Australia together. You know, we've been out on nights out, and it was all about going out and the, the social aspect and just just having having fun, just enjoying yourself, and alcohol being being part of that. But he came up, and we're like, let's just let's just go about the day, and just we literally had three beers the whole day. Like previously, it would be knocking like twelve beers plus shots, plus, you know, whatever else and shit food. And we were literally just like, whether it's just mature, genuinely is maturity, maturity, can't fucking speak, maturity, or just kind of like actually, because we're, we're both more educated now and, and similar to, to with, with, with us, Robin, I guess potentially from a selfish point of view, me moving into the fitness space now, there is that sort of knowledge of fucking how this isn't actually that good for you. <laughs> First and foremost, but also it's 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 the impact that it has on sleep recovery, how you actually feel for days after, and it, it it's that weighing up. And we, we we've talked about we literally talked about it in the last podcast in terms of the 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 short term short term pain for long term gain. It's kind of like you you having the the short term fix of something that feels great, but but that's actually killing you off longer term. So let's be honest, though, like people drink normally to that stage to cover up their insecurities. Yeah, Again, like, it's, because it's, it's, of their insecurities, they're not. They, they feel confident with a drink because it takes away that emotions and that that deep thought process. So they're just like, yeah, whatever, I can do what I want. But then when they don't have a drink, they're suddenly this like quieter, shy individual that won't say literally a boot to a goose. That is the Which, phrase. It's always something I, I find. I always find that I, I don't. I suppose I find it interesting. I suppose mainly because I don't. I say I stopped drinking when I was eighteen, and I'm an absolute asshole generally without alcohol I don't need alcohol I'll dance I'll sing I'll make myself look like an absolute prick at all times um but, have a good time. Uh, uh, yeah absolutely but that's, <laughs> I think that's the thing like I think you I, I think we all think we need it I think a lot of people think oh I need I need to have a few drinks it's like well you're if you're you don't socialize for the calories you socialize for the personalities so it's the people around you that you're there for whether that involves a drink, for happy days. If it doesn't, you know, if you're surrounding yourself with the right people, you probably don't need alcohol to have a good time, mm. right? You know, it's it's a very it's. I think we are we're preconditioned to think that alcohol means fun, but mm. actually we kind of forget the fact that alcohol is a depressant, and yeah. it's complete fucking opposite. <laughs> well, it's it's like I said, even just getting this started, wasn't it? It's like you know, when I have like two drinks or even one drink. Like I wake up the next day with a headache. Like that that's a clear sign to me because I touch it so rarely. It's a clear sign to go, this shit isn't good for you. And there's a reason probably why my performance has been through the roof this past, you know, 10, 11 weeks in a gym in terms of, you know, my sleep, even work performance, all of these things. And it's because of 
leaving stuff like that out. And I think if you speak to anyone on a real term and you say, would you rather perform to your absolute best cognitively as well as physically, or would you rather drink alcohol regularly? <clears throat> and not only that, you're going to save a fortune <laughs> in money of money that is literally you're going to piss up a wall that is in no way in line with the outcome that you want to achieve. Now, let's just get this straight. We're not saying here, anyone listening saying, stop drinking like that, knock it on the head completely. All we're doing is I think is pointing out the effect that it's probably had on our lives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no point, there's no point preaching these things. It's it's like my my wife, she likes she likes nothing but a gin and tonic when we go out for dinner and stuff. But again, she's she's very similar. She she's taking her training very serious at the moment. She's uh, aiming to compete at High Rocks next year, so like she oh, notices, yeah. she notices the difference. So we were at the rugby a couple of weeks ago. It was a fucking awful game, but so she had a couple of drinks and then she tried wanted to train on the Sunday. And she said, I feel really shitty and stuff on the Sunday. When you're, but I'm still going to go and train, so she went and trained. But she's like, saw that. I'm I'm just going to sort of knock it on the head for a little bit longer. So yeah, you you see the differences if you if you take it out take it out of the equation for a bit. You really do start to see the, the the benefits and the positives of taking a bit of time off it. And as we say, we're not we're not telling anybody they need to be teetotal. Like I went I went whole hog mainly because I didn't really like it. I didn't like the taste of it. Did you know there's that one? Oh, you'll find your drink. You'll find the one that you like. Never found it. I've got really weird taste buds. Like I, I fucking hate cucumber. I taste cucumber over everything. I taste alcohol through everything. I'm just like it gives me the freak. So yeah, that's probably I one mean, of the main. I've, I've got one for you. If you want to come out of 22 years retirement. I think I'd last probably about, probably last a, a sniff. A yeah, sniff I'm going to say you'll have a sniff. You're lying, lying in a puddle somewhere. If you do not though, I'm going to give a right pitch. There's a rum called Bumboo. Honestly, I have brought it to the table now to so many people and it has literally circulated around their friends like wildfire. But it's also, then what I've noticed is because it's gone through this, people have actually, this word's come back to me that now it's starting to get into bars like that. Like I just found it. I was just like, I remember I was in Finland, said, oh, I know I'll, I'll get a bottle of that like for a, for a party. I mean, you can imagine me, I've drank like this much of it, but it was heaven, hands down, the best drink I've ever had. But, <laughs> but you don't have to come out of retirement for it. So that's all right then. <laughs> hey, let, let's, let's take it away from alcohol before people think that there's something going on for us. <laughs> Calories, right? You know, when we speak about fat loss, I'll just bring up what, what we just briefly said then, Chris, I think you might have missed it, actually. I'm just off the camera, I was saying, one thing that's amazed me whilst I'm in this building phase, one thing that I've recognised is how many people are actually in a fat loss phase. So as in, even to the point where I actually feel bad posting about how frigging incredible I feel right now with my energy through the roof, with my strength through the roof, all of that, I feel bad putting it out there because... Literally, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I'm in a deficit. I'm trying to lose body fat. I'm in a deficit. I'm trying to lose body fat. Like, yeah, I mean, do you guys notice that as well? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I literally had a conversation with somebody yesterday. Um, and they're, they're transitioning from fat loss now into sort of back up to maintenance calories. They're moving into the building phase. And there's already a bit of a, a challenge from a mindset point of view. Yeah. Of, Right, well, I've actually had essentially the calories that I would have had when I was on the fat loss calories, but I'm full. And I don't I don't feel like I want to eat anymore, but the calories that I've essentially got as a target, I've got to try and... The question was, am I trying to hit that or am I just staying within where I'm comfortable? And tell, tell them to get themselves up to three and a bit thousand plus and then see how they feel. But but this but the, and and this is where and uh, this, I spoke to my mate on on no. Saturday and like and it's probably easier for maybe us us guys to say to say this but fat loss is easy it's simple and when you, literally your goal is to literally lose body fat so the, the scale weights are going down you know you've got a calorie target that you've got to kind of like stay under when it's maintenance and and and, and building there's probably more variables at play. Things are going to take longer, so you've got to be more patient. Your mindset's going to be a little bit all over the place because you're used to seeing something, and now you're trying to do the other thing. So the more you go through those phases, the more comfortable you get doing it. But when you're working with a, like a client who's never done that before, to them it's like really alien. So the mindset's sort of like, fuck, what am, I supposed, what am I supposed to be thinking here? Because I'm looking at the scales. It's telling me that I've gone up half a kilogram or two or a kilogram this week. Now, 
you've got to obviously think about what's realistic in terms of that weight increase and you've got to probably have a look at the variables a bit more and tweak things a bit more to build up but uh, it's challenging I, I genuinely it's challenging for us at times but we <laughs> we we see the the data and what's what we're doing it deliberately whereas framing that up to a client who's li- living it for the first time fucking hard absolutely i think that's you're totally nailed it there i think um if i was to look at it and i was to tell people and, and you work with clients it's fat loss is simple that's easy like it's there is a certain amount of mindset work you need to do with fat loss um you know that but the difficulty comes when you are starting to feel fluffy you're constantly wanting to try to tighten things back up again i love that word I've, by the way i've lost i've lost i've lost my abs like, i'm sorry but abs mean fuck all when you're trying to put on size like who gives a shit like really honestly uh, I'm quite lucky in this respect of when I'm putting on size, I still hand, I still manage to have abs, but they just stick out a bit further. Um, they're still the, the lines are still there, but they get they get a bit obscured, shall we say? They get a bit thicker, a bit <laughs> exactly, thicker. a bit yeah. chunkier. <laughs> but um, yeah, but it's honestly the mindset. The, it's do you know what I find it? it it's massively, um, it's massively challenging. But when you work with a client who then flips from fat loss to muscle building, like. That is, it's it's such a massive relief off your mind. Like I don't know about you guys feel, but like fat loss is fat loss is bread and butter. The the difficulty comes when you're trying to build a put a bit of size on while still trying to keep people's heads in check because they don't want that extra half kilogram up. But actually, we want that half kilogram up because we're trying to put a bit of muscle on. This is what we're needing to do. Which which stage do you enjoy coaching people through more? Muscle building. I find it more. I just I find it more interesting. I think it's not even. Do you know what? It's not more interesting. I'm, that's a that's a lie. I think it's more the progress markers that you use. There are more of them, and they are they're they are much more beneficial for moving forward. So seeing your seeing your your lifting in the gym going up, um, you know things like you know you're you're starting to fill a t-shirt better. You know you you've now you're now no longer wearing skinny jeans these kind of things like these are like massively massively important and i think even when you're using fat loss a lot of these things still stay in play and that's why we try we try to get a lot of people away from scale weight because they quote, get hung up on numbers whereas like i didn't think my post was it yesterday was like people using their their weight as a judgment of themselves is bullshit like they use it to beat themselves down actually it's just a number it's a it's a it's a it's data for a trend to see what's happening over time that's how you use your scale weight. You don't use it as a oh I feel shit and I'm I'm just I'm just a mess. No 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 no. That's not we're we're using you're using it the wrong way. You're t- tying it to emotions. Stop tying it to emotions. We don't need to get emotionally driven by it. Um. So yeah, but I I always enjoy watching people um watching people like see see when you get like a message from a client saying just put 20 kilos on my leg press or yeah. I've just got a 10 kilo PB on my squat. You're like, fucking yes, that's what I want. Like that's, that's, that's the short. shit that matters, right? Mm. That, that's yeah. the shit that matters because, well, you know, I think I actually seen a post, it might've been from Emma or yourself the other day, you were saying um, it was an image of the same client weighing exactly the same weight. And those pictures are absolutely invaluable to basically help people like fucking wake up. Like you can, if you just change your lifestyle, your body composition can completely change without the scales moving any direction. Yeah. You know? But then the, the, the flip side of it, if I speak even on like me personally, or even when like, um, uh, you know, in like a build phase, if a client's going through one as well, like you say, if their strength is going up and they're feeling better in themselves and they've got more energy out of that and their scales are going up, that is literally a reason to celebrate. You know, it's like me, this man, I was like, yes. I was like, I'm 98 kilos. I've hit the new, you know, like bracket. And it's like, and I'm feeling incredible. Now I'm only celebrating that because A, I've been consistent in the gym doing four sessions a week for the past X amount of weeks. You know, I know that my strength's going through the roof. Literally, you just met a marker then. I know that my T-shirts are getting tighter, right? My clothes are fitting better. Like, you know, all these kind of things. I'm looking, I'm going, I'm in a frigging good place. And I'm the heaviest that I've been since, is it 20, 2016 or something? And I'd probably say, I, I, well, I'd hands down say I'm in better shape now than then. But it's cool, isn't it? Like the different markers that people will go on, like to actually improve their life. Whereas like you say, someone in a fat loss phase, the reason why most people are overweight is because the only marker they look at is the scales. 
the scales dictates how like how um, good enough they are. If you're like at life, it's like you know, are you worthy? No, the scales say not. Like, uh, what about everything else? Like, do the scales make you a better person? No, do they help? So, you know, sliding away from that, we talk about all the time, Chris, don't we? We literally say like, you know, if there's 19 metrics going in the right direction and the scales are staying the same, who gives a shit? Mate, it's fucking scandalous. I'm telling you this, right? Right, are we going to have a row now? Yeah, because this happened yesterday. So, plan check. And they know who they are. I I gave it away then. (laughs) They know who they are. And the check-in was, you know, fucking... Different class few weeks, right? Three, four weeks, bang on it. Everything's moving in the right direction. Loving it. Main struggle, I'm getting really frustrated. The scales just aren't moving. They fucking are moving. They're just not moving as much as you expect them to move. Take away two data points. Look at the average. It's gone up by a kilogram. Yeah. And I literally was just like, and I, I, I sent I sent them back a bit of a, it wasn't it wasn't a ranty checking, but it was a very much like right. If I if you were in front of me, I would shake you like fuck because you just need to get it out of your system that all all these other markers, just like you said, are moving like in a really good a really good rate, not like steady rate, really good rate. Focus on that. Fuck off the scales. Look at these other this other stuff. Got a message back after. Yeah, you're right about everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Funny that. Yeah, yeah. Just, I can't believe I'm a coach. But but, but maybe just when, use that magic fucking eight ball. But when you get that message, it's kind of like right that that's good because then you kind of know that, that the message has kind of gone in and gone right, and hopefully that's something that we can now re- reflect on. And I was I was going to talk about this when we talk about the building phase of one thing I I try and do, and I, and, and in all honesty, I've not worked with a huge amount of of, of clients in the building phase, but starting to a bit more now and one thing i do mention a lot of is remember when you lost all that weight before you're gonna have to do that again at some point and because you have done it you know you can do it so don't worry about being that bit you you like the word fluffy i like the word spongy (laughs) spongier so is is that what your clients say to you because i'm with them like the the word fluffy is what i mainly get from those guys fluffy is the same fluffy spongy either or either or but um yes so i i really try and attach that that you know listen you've got the skills you've got the skills you've got the ability to do it again so even if you did go a little bit higher on the body fat scale it doesn't doesn't make that much difference because you know you can do it and, that, and I, always, I always try and bounce back to, remember when you were feeling like that and you were feeling really good and you were jumping on the scales and you had that feeling of, oh yeah, things are moving in the right direction. Just, you'll get that again, but focus on what you need to be doing, X, Y, and Z, going into the gym, lifting heavy shit, doing what you need to do. Um, yeah, went off on one then, didn't I? But, but this, is, this is our job, isn't it, really? Because like Andy said earlier, these guys that we coach, like the majority of them don't even know that a build phase exists, right? <laughs> they, they When they come to us, they haven't even mastered a fat loss phase. So you're guiding them through that. And then you're showing them what they're actually capable of. But to them, that's that's going backwards in their mind because they're like, oh, but I'm gaining weight and I come to you to lose weight. It's like, no, no, no. But this time you're gaining weight intentionally because we're going to intentionally get you stronger and add muscle intentionally, providing that you stay consistent with what you're doing and don't eat the extra calories in chocolate bars and Mars, uh, you know, whatever else in bags of crisps. And you actually put good quality fuel in, you will rebuild your physique and then you will go through another fat loss phase where you then get back to the shape where you ultimately want to get to and you can live happily ever after. <laughs> and that's what they miss out. And this is why, right? This is a, a huge pet hate of mine. And Chris knows this because I'm like, it pisses me off when people join a coaching program for three months, right? Not just that. Let me finish. They then leave and then come back three months later where they started originally to do the same fucking thing. And then they come back again and then they leave. And then they like, in my head, I'm sorry, but what the fuck are you doing? Like, Stay with a coach until you've got to your like outcome that you ultimately want. Don't keep going through a fat loss phase, leaving, gaining it back, coming back, leave like that. Like you haven't ingrained the message. You haven't created a lifestyle from this. You've got to go through the whole process to get to where you want to get to. And ultimately what's funny is a lot of them will think they're saving money or something like that. 
And it's like, no, 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 you're actually costing yourself more because we could have solved this in the initial six months if you'd have carried on and pushed through. But actually what you've done is you've come in and out now five times. <laughs> like, yeah, it blows it's, my mind. <clears throat> it's, it's the whole, it's the whole, um, the whole attitude of um, everybody wants next day delivery. Oh, and, yeah. and unfortunately, this is one of my one of my one of my posts says. Unfortunately, unlike Amazon Prime, your body doesn't do next day delivery. That's just the unfortunate it's fact. It's just unfortunate fact of life. We expect because we can, fuck it, we can order we can order pre workout on Amazon and it'll be here tomorrow morning by nine a.m. Like we, I think everybody becomes a hell of a lot more um, expectant. As in, I want this done tomorrow. I want this done tomorrow. Well, you've you've taken twenty years to gain those three stone. You expect to get this out in what a month? Like it's not going to happen. Like the whole idea of it is, fat loss is a long term process. Muscle building is even longer. But that's just life. And between those two is maintenance. And maintenance is probably the most frustrating um, goal of them all because you're you you need to you need to understand both fat loss and muscle building. And then also understand where you sit in the middle. Um, but it's all long-term processes. There's none of this, this whole thing about people, you know, people f- jumping in and out of programs and stuff like that. It'd be happy days. You'd, you'd be learning lots. You'd be learning from lots of different coaches. But actually, are you putting, are you managing to implement anything? Are you managing to get it ingrained into your daily routine? as your daily habits like aligning towards your goals? Probably not because you've been told 7,000 different things and you're trying to pick out the three best ones for you for the week. So, yeah, it's a lot. It's a long term process. And, you know, coaching is, you know, I've, I've been, so I've been doing this for 22 years. I've had people that I worked with in person for best part of 15 and when I went self-employed. They know exactly that they can do this themselves, but they want the continuous education. They want the continual um, motivation and guidance and stuff like that. And when they go away on holiday, they do their stuff and they go away. It's the same thing with the online process. You know, if you're jumping in and out, what are you actually getting from that? Like, you know, you yeah, you get a month's worth of a program and some some sample meal plans potentially, but it's so much more than that. It's about the understanding the basics of. A, you know, as coaches, what what is training and nutrition are simple. Like I'm going to put that out there. Training and nutrition are a piece of piss. You could do it stand on your head. You could do it stand on your head, eyes shut, fucking in a dark room. Doesn't matter. I want to see a video of that next week. That'll be that'll be a, that'll be a TikTok for me. Um, and then, but the biggest the biggest um, swing factor in there is the client, and it's about understanding the client. Like you're not going to get to know your client in a month two months it takes three four five months for you to understand them for them to understand you and to be able to connect and be able to move you forward so yeah i think it's that's a that's a very good it's a pretty good point I, I love that. We, we we even we even i think we ended the podcast last week on that in terms of we were talking for an hour and with nutrition and training was spoken about for a fraction of the time it was yeah. all about mindset habits the environment and the, the the culture that you try and cultivate and facilitate for your clients to to get the best out of them, and you're gonna you're gonna get different clients who are gonna have different needs of different wants, and that's where the skill of the coach and the soft skills that you develop, you then have to go and implement certain soft skills at certain times with certain individuals. There's no fucking textbooks that's going to tell you what to do. It's emotional intelligence. It's building rapport with your clients, understanding when they need help, when actually they can be left alone a little bit more. So talking about the building phase and the fat loss phase, one thing that I found is the touch points and communication is much more in the building phase than the fat loss because there are more markers that you probably need to potentially control or give feedback on as opposed to fat loss. It's what's your calorie intake? Are you getting your cardio in? Are you getting your steps up? Getting your water intake in? Are the scales going in the right direction? What do your photos look like? Right, sweet. We're pretty good. We're going in the right direction. If not, let's have a tweak. Building phase, it's like, right, numbers, calories, everything else, and, and a lot of the mindset work. So uh, from, from, a, from a coaching point of view, and, and um, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll digress a little bit into my history and, and, and why moving in and sort of going full circle here to the start of the podcast. Going from working in, in professional football, so obviously you were a professional footballer, Andy, so you might be able to relate to this, but being in the environment of elite performers and being a coach and performance analyst, which is which is my background, and and going to uni and doing an MSc in coaching, that was a massive 
spur for me is to help people and progress people from point A to point B to point C and see that development and that growth. The, 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 the big change for me in my career was I didn't feel like I was having that impact and that value in terms of helping people in, in, in my previous role. So marrying up my passion for fitness and coaching sort of has come full circle into moving into this industry 18 months ago. But it's those soft skills, genuinely, I believe, that I learned in the environment of working in professional football, at different age groups, men's teams, academy teams, whereby you have to have different hats on you at different times of the day and different times of the week. And it's so important to be able to manipulate your behaviours as a coach to really get the best out of people. And there's no, I don't think there's a perfect way of doing it. No, there's there is there is no perfect way, and I think that's what so many people um, think that there is. There's a perfect template of how you should be. It's not. It's it's different for every person. Like I remember having, I I did my UKSCA um, accreditation, and I remember having a chat with the guy who was the lecturer, who happened to be the president of the UKSCA at the time. Really nice guy. Um, he was in his sixties at the time. This boy was just—he was about three foot two, with like proper Popeye arms and stuff. And he was—he was amazing. And he was like, "So we're going through the course." So there was a bunch of rugby guys, a few other bits and bobs, and he was like, "Have hey, we got any?" So he's going through. What do you do? Any gym monkeys? And I'm like, straight up, hand up, me. He's like, "Fuck it, all problems with you." And I was like, "Oh, happy days. Here we go." I like this kind of chat. So we get a little bit further into the course and stuff like that. And we're sitting, having, we're having, having chats, and he was like, "Oh." He goes, you've got a fucking easy job. All you need to do is get fucking fat, overweight people into shape. And I went, you're having a laugh. I goes, you've got highly motivated fucking athletes coming in. You tell them what to do and they go and fucking do it. I goes, you're telling me I've got an easy job. Go fuck yourself. I go, you come in, I'll swap jobs with you for 10 minutes and I bet you a fiver, you don't even last a fucking day. And he, by the end of it, he was like, pretty much my best mate. He was like, oh, probably th- my thought process and junk, my PTs has totally changed. I'm like, yeah, it was because you've been challenged. And that's what it is. It's, it's, that, it's that difficulty of being able to understand that. I think for me, I've always said that, you know, you see so many new coaches coming into the industry and it's generally because they're 18 years old They've decided to finish school. They've seen on Instagram. They quite like their training. I could be a personal trainer. The issue that we have with that is, is they have no fucking soft skills. They have no way to, they don't know how to speak to people. Whereas if you, I, I would much rather go and pop into McDonald's and take somebody who's worked in McDonald's for three years and I'll make them the fucking best personal trainer in Edinburgh. Why? Because they've got all the skills that are required to deal with people because they know how to deal with people. It's a people, this is a customer service it's a customer-driven industry. And I think the issue that we have is, is that they're the it, you'll know this stuff for yourself, guys, is that the, the the level two and level three PT stuff, holy shit. Like you, it, was, it was oh honestly, it was what so what 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 muscle what muscle helps flex the elbow? Is it the bicep? Is it the glute? And then two other muscles that don't even exist, and you're going, well. Am I actually? Am I seeing this right? Because you start you start thinking to yourself, "Shit, this must be wrong. It can't be. It can't be the one I think it is." They're genuinely they're there just for tick boxes. The, what you do afterwards, whether that be ending up being mentored by somebody else, whether it be going and getting a coach for a set amount of time and trying to learn from them, or going and ups ups up um, up educating yourself is stuff like level up stuff like guys mark coles phil Lerney, all these guys that's the stuff that's where you learn the most um you know the, the level two level three stuff i'm sorry but it's horseshit it really is it's a, it's, a, it's a tick box to get your insurance but the most important stuff exactly as you said chris is it's speaking to people like this is this is something that i think we forget is that the at the end of the day this is about the customer the customer is number one and we need to know how to speak to somebody who's 19 years old and wanting to, to, to put on a bit of size, to someone who's 65 and wants to lose a bit of body fat and help be navigated through the fucking menopause. Like, these are simple things to us because we understand it. We have the emotional intelligence. We know how to speak to people. We've done it for so long now. It's second nature. But that's probably my biggest issue when you go when I go into other gyms so I train I'm a bit of a gym slot I train right across a whole host of different gyms and seeing other personal trainers and I'm not making any digs at anybody but 
you don't see anybody talking to, to, to punters in the gym. They're standing oh, at the mate. back, just standing at the back, just looking like they, they're not interested or they're sitting on their phone. Like, or you've got them doing some absolute horseshit that they've seen on Instagram that some fucking some some girl with a set of booty shorts has been fucking doing can kickbacks on a fucking pull-up machine. Like genuinely the most useless piece of shit exercise you've ever seen in your life. And it's just it's the simple stuff. Like it really is. I think I can't stress that enough to anybody. Like keep it simple. Like we're we we do not we're not doing anything that's groundbreaking. We don't work for fucking NASA. We're we're coaches and personal trainers. It's a fucking simple job. The difficult bit is the people. It's understanding and being able to move between people and exactly as you say, Chris, different hats for different different demographics. Apologies for that. That was a proper fucking show. Right, over. We've all had one of these now. I think each of us have had one, haven't we? Andy, Andy, we've just now lost all of our listeners because you've just told them the truth that none of those exercises work that they've been doing. Like even we, we programmed it as well, so we've just lost all our clients. So See ya. can't believe that. Chris, we're going to have to start telling the truth now and get people doing some proper exercises. Do you know oh, like, the shit so. that works? You know, oh, unbelievable. <laughs> I like it. Do you want to take a deep breath now, Andy, after that? <laughs> Literally, polish it off. Exactly. I like it. I like it. It's, do you know what? It's one of them as well. And just taking it right back to what you were saying before, I was going to give him that point where you were saying about like people wanting like next day delivery. For me, the biggest issue with that is the marketing. Like the way how marketing is in the fitness industry is we actually shoot ourselves in the foot talking about like next day delivery, you know, talking about the same thing, you know, get your results literally at the click of your fingers. Like, no, like what happened to actually changing someone's life for life? Look, it's going to take a little bit longer, but you won't have to go anywhere again. Like that's yeah. how it should be. But yeah. Well, well, I've got, I've got, I've got some, this, this, this is, this will make you laugh. So should we, should we go this, quiet this, now or you're going up on one? No, it's just, it's just, but this, it's funny. A, it's funny, but also B, it's quite like genuinely people are going to watch it, see it, and then potentially go on to Google and research it. So I'll, Jess was watching TV the other day and I kind of walked in and some, something was on. Dubai Bling, it's called, on Netflix. Oh, mate, I've seen it. <laughs> Fucking horrendous, anyway. And this is why I don't watch terrestrial television. <laughs> no, you, trust me, Andy. I oh, said, Andy, it's I, on Netflix, I think. But, 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 bear, but bearing in mind, like I, 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 I don't, I don't literally don't give a shit what Jess watches. Just don't watch whatever you want. Like Housewives is Jess or whatever. I said, turn that fucking shit off right now. No, I never do that because there was this guy who I, I videoed the clip right, and he literally was just like, "I'm going to the doctors today to see how quickly I can get a six pack." Right, he was going to the plastic surgeon to get plastic abs, right? Because he's just got the money to throw it at Somebody, somewhere, I'm telling you, Turkey, they're having a right laugh over there, going, right, how can we do this on the cheap and get people to fly over here? You know what they did with the teeth? Teeth here, what's yeah. what we're doing next? Six right. perfect. Abs, in. And it just, and I'm just like, somebody somewhere's Googled, they've watched that, somebody somewhere's gone, oh, you know what? I might do a bit of research onto this. And it's like, come on, like, just... So I literally said, I said to Jess, I, I filmed it and I was like, right, I'll turn that shit off. That's, I'm not having that on now. So you're, you're, totally down. Right. you're totally right, Rob. I think it is, we do shoot ourselves in the foot or a lot. The, the problem is that this is probably quite scathing. And obviously I, I can be, I'll stand corrected if it's not true, but I think there's a small minority of coaches who are actually fucking good in the industry. And that I'll, I'll, I'll put my hat on that one because you, you know, there are people who, go above and beyond for their clients there are people who you know that you want the bit you genuinely want the best for your client you're not the the money is a byproduct the money is a byproduct of you being able to offer a service where you're changing somebody's life where you can actually help somebody achieve the goals they want whether that's health goals physique goals doesn't matter um but we seem to a, a huge still a huge amount of fucking idiots and it's the same thing when it comes comes to things like business coaches and stuff as well because there's a fucking host of absolute humpties that do that um, generally failed personal trainers um, who fucking went bankrupt and decided that they're going to teach people how to do the job that they fucked up at um, but yeah and I think that I think the good thing is that there is a small number of really good coaches and you we will pick up clientele because of that because we're good at what we fucking do and we're genuinely decent people that's, or certainly, I, I I would think I'd like to think that I'm I'm a decent person, 
Well, my, my wife will probably tell me I'm a complete and utter asshole, but that's that's just that's, general. That's just that, general. That's a personal opinion, though. That's not a business that's, opinion. That's, that's exactly so that that'll work. Um, but yeah, I think um, I think we you know you we go out of our way and you know a lot of it. There is a lot of therapy in our sessions. We're we're listening to a lot from clients and we're sort of siphoning a lot out of there and trying to help them as many of this uh, give them as many solutions to issues that may come up. And that's what a good coach does. Like, you know, if you are a coach and you are solely driven by money, you'll not be in the industry for very long. Like, you'll be in and out quite quickly. Whereas if you genuinely value the people that you're working with and you, you genuinely value changing somebody's life and making a difference for them, you'll be here for a long term. And that's why I've been doing this for 22 years. Like, I I got into it and found that, I, A, I love working with people. Um, um, I love working with people. I love helping people. Um, and the byproduct of that is, is 22 years on, I have a own studio. I've got a, a pretty good business. And that's genuinely all I wanted was to, to be able to do something I enjoy. So I probably wouldn't even call it a job, call it a vacation. It's something that it's probably I was designed to do. And if I didn't do it, if I wasn't doing it tomorrow, I'd fucking miss it. Whereas I think a lot of what we'd be like, if you, didn't, if you didn't work tomorrow, would you miss it? Nah, I'd do a nine to five, sitting at a desk, just doing not sitting typing numbers. I would miss yeah, it. I'm that, yeah, I'm done. So yeah, but yeah, it's 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 a it's a mad industry, really, when you think about it like that, isn't it? But with the, with the stuff on the on the body image, like with Chris saying that, bringing up that show, honestly. I like I literally mate, I saw like the stat and I remember I was thinking like I actually thought I was intrigued. I was like, what is this? So I clicked on it, right? Started playing it. I was like, what a load of absolute shit. But Drivel, then I, I, never, I never got to the point where where you were, whatever that guy said. I mean I, but I, I wasn't fucking watching it. So you, you, you walked in at that. You you and Rob's story, you are now. You were watching it. You were, you were watching it, yeah. <laughs> Chris was on episode six, half an hour in, <laughs> and it was all binge watching. I mean, you might, Chris, you, you've got to have a word with Jess because that's unacceptable behaviour. I'll, I'll, I'll put my foot down. You've got to tread carefully with the missus, aren't you? Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Especially if, especially if they're violent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'll trust carefully on that one. Trust. I think we, we kind of covered body image a bit with, uh, with Dan Osman a few weeks ago and stuff, but when we're talking this now, it's like, you know, it's like body image, like where does it literally stop? Like, because, you know, if they're putting shows on TV like that, people like us as coaches, we are so up against it. It's untrue because there'll be people out there that'll just go, yeah, I can't be asked putting any effort in with me actual, with me actual health. I'll just go pay for this operation that makes me look like I'm semi-healthy or gives me some, you know, fake image but I've done nothing for it. And then a couple of years from now, it'll all start going, going AWOL and, and they're screwed again. And this is the thing, it's like, Ugh, it really annoys me, does body image. It's, and that, that's, that's the biggest problem you have. I, I, I worked as a bouncer for 12 years, so I worked with a whole host of different um, sort of different people. And a guy that I used to work with decided he was going to go and get a, a um, gastric band and came back from a cheap operation in Eastern Europe somewhere with a gastric band then proceeded to still eat the same shite. He'd eat three burgers a night fucking after he'd finished. Same story. And you're sitting going, mate, like, not only, like, you're still wanging the calories in, you're just doing it in a slightly smaller area of stomach and the gastric band's going to fucking snap at some point. Yep. Like, what are you doing? But I think, and that's the difference, I think, that's the main difference between what we try to do is, is the education side of stuff. Like, you're trying to yep. teach your clients why, how, or sorry, how, why, and where we go from there, and where we move on from, and I think that's the. I think, the, as I say, the problem is, is that we have, we have. I love social media. I think it's great. I also fucking hate it. It's like genuinely the bane of my fucking life. Genuinely, like I, I was t- chatting to Rob. I, I'd done a, I've done a, just did a, a five minute stand up set last night, which was my first stand up set. I decided I thought I was funny, which probably isn't true, but social media was one of the things I was talking about, and social media has so many. Has so much potential to be good and affect people's lives in a good way. But the sad thing and the sad fact of it all is, is that 95% of what is on social media is fucking, I'm going to use your word, drivel. It's absolute <laughs> fucking drivel. It is. And it's it is, giving people false, it's giving people false ideas about <laughs> what they need to do and how they need to look. Like, 
I don't know if it, I don't know if it's a generational thing. Like I'm, I, I was forty this year, and I couldn't give two flying fucks how I look. As long as my wife finds me attractive, maybe she's with me for the money. You never know. Um, but you know, it's one of it's just one of those things. Like I have never ever looked in a mirror and went a bar probably do losing a wee bit of fluff around the midriff. I've never went like I'm honestly. My nose has been broken about thirty times. It's fucked. I've never once thought I'm going to go and get my nose changed because it's part. It's part of me. It's part of. It's part of my character, um, and it's also good if somebody decides to try and punch you. They'll probably hurt their hand more than the nose. So it's, it's one of these things. But yeah, I Make think it's, yeah. It's social media. Social media has so much potential for good. Yeah, it's a little bit like it's. It's a little bit like um, Anakin Skywalker and Star. Wars. So much potential to be a Jedi, but you fucked it and went to the dark side. So yeah. So yeah, like, good analogy that. Good analogy. It's a bit, yeah. a bit like coaches, isn't it? Yeah. There's one percent that are decent, and the rest of them are crap that you could that are picking up the rest. And that's the sad. And that's that's what gives our industry a bad name. That's yeah. what gives our industry the shit that maybe we maybe I can give it more than one percent, but you know. Yeah, that's you know it. And it's quite. It's you know what? It's quite sad. It really is. It's quite. It's it's quite. It's quite a depressing thought. But the thing that keeps me going is being able to converse and meet people like you guys that yeah. are genuinely in it for the right reasons and you're here to help people. And it's it kind of, I'm not getting emotional, I'm not crying, don't, as I said, but- <laughs> We'll release the video all together, mate, all together. Exactly, it's like, um, do you know what I mean though? It's, it's just nice to see that you've got people who think the same way as you do and understand people like you do as well and that you know that you're not alone in the book sitting going, fuck, I feel like I'm paddling for shit and I'm not getting anywhere. And then you kind of come across somebody like we did at the at Level Up and you're like, fucking hell, man, this is, it's just nice to meet a, a similar-minded bunch of people who are just here to help people and help forward other people's um, health and fitness goals. And I think that's yeah. probably, that's, it's kind of, it's, it's the, it's the silver lining of the shite cloud of the fitness industry. Yeah, it's that f- focus on the good stuff, innit? You've got to really try and sort of focus on on, on the good that's out there. And again, Absolutely. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go through full circle again to sort of the, the initial part of the, the podcast about, and I remember this, it was at a conference I went to years ago, for, for, for like a, I think it was like a data analysis conference. And one of the guys that spoke was, was asked the question, like how, essentially how, they became successful in in the field. He said, "I just I'm just not a knobhead." He said, "I'm just not a knobhead. Don't be a knobhead. If you're a knobhead, you'll get found found out. You'll get a little bit of success. You'll get found out, and you'll you'll be be sort of have the status of being a knobhead. If if you're a genuine good human being who wants to see people progress, help people, just a nice person, good person, you're more than likely going to be successful in your field." And, you, and, yeah. you'll, and you'll find other people that are like you who aren't a knob. So don't know how you've managed it, mate, but you've done well to get on here. I know. Well, the problem is I am actually a knob, so fucking I'm doing a good job and I do that. But at least <laughs> the, biggest, the thing I'll look at that one is, though, is like, it's ra- for me, I would rather be, we're going to go full re- real talk here. This is another one. I would rather be known as a, an, honest, an honest asshole than a lying nice guy, which is what pretty much the whole industry and a lot of the industry is, is mm. it's, folk that lie to you but they're really nice i would rather just be known as a somebody's just going to tell you how it is but i'm not going to i'm i'm not here i'm not here to be a dick but we're going to have the honest honest conversations that we need to have um but the big one i think again the big one is is that it's it's you you resonate with the, the people that like kind of like like we've got here and I think a lot of that is about you surround yourself with the right people. And that's, I'd say this to everybody, like you need to audit your, you need to audit your social media accounts that you follow, get rid of the shite that meet, that doesn't actually bring you any value. And the same with people in your life. If you are surrounding yourself with fucking assholes, get rid of them. Start surrounding yourself with some decent people. And I tell you what, you see the difference in your life. Like <laughs> you don't need drama. You don't need shit in your life. Get rid of it all. A, a quiet life is a fucking great life and it doesn't mean it's not exciting it means that you, you're surrounding yourself with the right people rather than the wrong people you're and, in control yeah you're, absolutely you're in control. and I think the biggest thing that even you know obviously A that you know we knew before this but I think the message that can come across from this podcast is that ultimately you know you guys listening are you know people they need to learn to change their environment and they need to learn to change their behaviours 
If yep. they change their environment, it will impact their behaviors, which means they can change their behaviors for the better and they can start them in the life that ultimately they want to live and get the results that they want to get. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Amen. We've, we've Amen. been here 45 minutes and I'll just give a summary like that. that might drop. <laughs> and might don't drop forget, don't forget, just be an honest, nice guy. <laughs> honest. Yeah. Be an honest, nice guy. Yeah. Just, but I, I know I, I do like I, I, I love the one that you just popped up there Chris, about just not being a dick it's absolutely yeah. true like there's not really anything else we'll never un, ever understand the meaning of life probably until you end up papping it and by that time you can't speak to anybody anyway but like genuinely just be a decent human being leave people in a better place mm-hmm. when you when you when you from where you pick them up help people like I think it's Life's simple. Life's simple if you just if you're just a decent human being. And I think my my dad's gen, genuinely my dad's probably my he is my my mentor, my hero, and that's genuinely when I grew up. What did he say? Tell me, don't be a fucking asshole, don't be a dick, just be a good human being. And I try to do that as much as I can. But with certain you people, on this podcast, with certain people, you've kind of got to go to town on them. So to yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Oh, I love it. Wrap it up there. Yeah. Guys, um, a huge thank you for, for listening. Andy, obviously, thanks for joining us. Chris, thanks for showing up with all that notice. That was a pleasure. Uh, that, not letting you live that oh, down, mate. My, my question here was beforehand, so who is Yeah, go on, boss? yeah. <laughs> who is oh, the boss? Who is the boss? Who's boss? Come on, Chris. Listen, mate. It's, you think I you're think, the boss, don't you? You think you're I'll the boss. You, I'll leave you to this one, mate. <laughs> you know what? We're, we're, whilst we're still recording... It was funny. I actually remember the, when when we like we first started. Chris came and, he, and he, I can't remember what you said. You said something. You were like a barbecue at my house, and you went, "Hey, it, it is Gaffer." And I went, "Never call me Gaffer." I said, "We work together. We're a team like that, or something like that." I seem to remember that. Yeah. So that, there you Gaffer, go. Call me sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Andy, whenever he texts me, I expect this at the end of it. <laughs> Everyone. He, he, did, he didn't have to go and get himself a drink once that night. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, that, good service, you know. Yeah, if anyone, yeah, good morning. Thanks if for anyone, the tip. If anyone needs a solid barman, don't forget, Chris. New Year's Eve, ours. Yeah, you keep up that same level of service. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get Huey and put his a little tray on his back. We're done. Yes, I, I get that one because I'm the because I'm the one that doesn't drink in my in my household. I'm generally one that's doing all the cooking. Which actually, to be fair, it gets you away from all the the, the shite conversation elsewhere. You can go and stand in the kitchen by yourself for a bit. It's actually really good, quite good fun. Christmas time, best way to do it. Let the Christmas family fighting all go on. Stand in the kitchen. Do you need help? Nope. Shut the door. Get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my place. <laughs> Honestly, the best place to be. <laughs> Chris, that's why you were bringing me the beers, wasn't it? Just so you could keep me on the barbecue so my shit chat stayed over there and you got to enjoy time with everyone else. Literally, mate. Literally. That's why you were double parked consistently. <laughs> I, under- I understand it now. Andy, you've just brought that to light for me. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, guys, for opening up that, um, that crevasse between your relationship. <laughs> you know what? I think, every- I think everyone listening is going to thoroughly enjoy that. Yeah, they will. They will. As always, yeah, like I say, a huge thank you for listening. Andy, obviously, a big thanks for joining us. Um, and yeah, obviously, anyone, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find myself and Chris on our Instagram at robabbis.rca and at chrismeek.rca. Andy, how can they find you? Uh, Instagram at andy underscore ESG fitness. Um, if you listen loud, if you listen, you'll hear the loud Scotsman. That's probably me. <laughs> And you will get some awesome real talk posts as well. So, yeah, jump on, get involved with it. And, yeah, we will see you all next week. Thank you. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.